Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path to spiritual living. When the stars came crashing down in tiny pieces to the ground, I was all alone down here, trapped beneath the atmosphere. Then I thought somebody called my name, spun around and caught a flame, gave in to a God I didn't know.
I'm excited to be here. You guys excited to be here? <laughs> yes, I'm glad I'm here too. Wow. Um, it's always good to uh, come in this place. I feel welcomed and I feel at home. So thank you for sharing this day with me. As I said before, when, when I prepare for my talk as me and God, the completion is those who are here today to allow Holy Spirit to speak forth to us all. So thank you for being here in this divinely appointed moment. Give yourselves a hand, too. I heard a cute little joke that I want to share with you. you you'll see that I like, I like little jokes. Sometimes they're not so funny, but they make me laugh, and that's what matters, right? I tell everybody I am my most favorite comedian, <laughs> even though a lot of my jokes are stolen. <laughs> so I um, heard this little joke where this... Um, this guy named Bubba came into church, and he went up to, visit, to say hi to his pastor. And he was like, hi, Pastor Bob, how are you? And Pastor Bob said, I'm good, Bubba, how are you doing? He said, I'm okay, except I have a concern about my hearing. And Pastor Bob said, what? Well, I tell you what, we got time right now. Come on down, and let's pray. So he put his hands over Bubba's ears and started praying and praying and praying, and fervently praying. And you know, the Bible says the prayer of the righteous Prayer, fervent prayer of a righteous man, avail of much. Well, he was availing. He's praying and praying and praying. Finally, he gets completed. He's like, okay, so, Bubba, so how's your hearing? Bubba said, I don't know yet. It's not till Tuesday. <laughs> that was kind of cute, I thought. <laughs> That's what I did. It lingered on a little bit after I really, really connected it. So today we are, um, this is my first time here, and we are now in, I'm saying in the month of August is my first time here. So now we are in the month of August, which in unity represents what power? You got a cheat sheet up there. Yeah, it's the will. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to give you a hard test starting off, so I gave you a cheat sheet. And the location in the body is where? Yeah, I, I kind of mixed it up, didn't I? The disciple is Matthew. Yep. The color is silver gray. And let's read that together, the, what it is. It is the ability to choose, decide, command, lead, and determine. And I want you guys to affirm that statement with me as well. Together, I choose my good based on spiritual understanding. Did you know that every choice that you make is part of your free will? You knew that, right? Did you know that every choice that you make determines and creates the quality of your life? So as you use your free will, you are literally creating the quality of your life, depending on the choices that you make. I truly believe that Jesus created the most wonderful life ever. Life full of love, harmony, peace, joy, and a deep, deep connection with God based off of the choice he made in every single situation. And he made the same choice over and over again. What was that choice? Well, let's look at this scripture and we'll find out. In John chapter 6, verse 38, and I love the New Living Translation because it's easier to understand. 
Jesus is, said, is recorded to say, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. I truly believe that Jesus had such a wonderful life because he chose to do the will of God instead of his own. So today I want to discuss the theme, your will, God, not mine. And the scripture that I want to use is a, is a familiar scripture. It might be, um, you might, it might be uh, written a little bit differently in the New Living Translation than what you're used to. But it comes from Matthew 6, 10. And I want you guys to recite this with me. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? You're used to the King James Version, aren't you? It says what? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, I like this version as well. Now, if you look at this version, or you look at the scripture period, there are two, two powers that are connected. We're talking about will, and it says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But there's another power in here that's connected to that. And actually, they're in the same location, in the same areas, in the brain, and that is spiritual understanding. So today, we're going to delve into spiritual understanding and the will. And the truth is, you need them. They work together. Because you cannot really work in God's will unless you understand it. You remember the affirmation that we just said? You happen to remember what it is? It is, I choose my good based on spiritual understanding. So the choice part is your will. But you cannot truly choose your will until you understand what it is. What is your will? And you cannot choose your will based on good until you've tapped into God and know what is good for you. Because for each and every one of us, there's a different will that God has. Now, the divine will of being the expression of heaven on earth, that is our unified will. But we are all individualized expressions of God. Right? We say that statement, I am an individualized expression of God. So that means that God has an individualized relationship with each and every one of us. Now, if we try to use our intellectual understanding and try to tap into what we think is good, it doesn't always work. Now, we may get a certain, we may get there to a certain extent, but we have a limited perspective because we are using our human intellectual understanding. It's always going to be limited. Have you ever had moments in your life where you're trying to make things work, you're trying to do it, and things seem to be falling apart anyway? And then you think, okay, well, I'm going to talk to somebody, I'll get some advice, and I'll try it, and then it still falls apart, or you still do not feel completely satisfied with what is going on in that moment. It's because you're out of alignment. It's because you're out of the law. I like what Charles Fillmore says in his book, 
the 12 powers. And he, you know, we know Charles Fillmore. Who's he? Co founder, co-creep, co-founder. Don't forget his wife. He's a co-founder, right? He says that when you are not following God's will, you're going against the law. In his chapter on will, he says, it is error for anyone to submit his will to the control of any personality. That includes yourself or if you're asking for advice from somebody else. He says, the sin, sickness, suffering, and death that men experience are not punishment willed by God. They are results of broken law. He says, the law is good. Say that with me. The law is good. He says, men have enjoyed satisfaction and life in an everlasting harmony when they keep the law. So when you make choices based off of your individual understanding, your quality of life is not going to be life. Jesus came that we may have life and life what? More abundantly, right? When we're stuck in our own thinking, our own way of doing it, trying to figure it out ourselves, edging God out. That's what I heard someone say ego means, edging God out. We've edged ourselves out too because we are God. How can you live without your essence and really be satisfied? And how can you know what your essence is if you haven't even had a conversation with God? So our essence within us it's in one of those principles that we talk about in unity, isn't it? Do you remember which principle it is? The second unity principle, that the divinity of God lies within each and every one of us, that Jesus mastered that goodness to the full potential. And that's what we're here to do. Isn't Jesus our way shore? We're here to do that too. So what's going on in your life right now that you're struggling with or that you would want to go higher unto a higher expression of it? The kingdom of heaven. Remember it said, may your kingdom come soon. Now the truth is, the kingdom is already in us. So the kingdom's already here. So the reason that we may not be experiencing it is based on us. Any suffering, any illness, any worry, any upset, any anger, any confusion is all self-created. We weren't created to be that. We are love, harmony, peace, joy, and a deep connection with God. It's up to us to connect into that. How do we do that? Through our free will, right? But you also have to tap into your relationship with God. You have to go deeper and deeper into it. And you may have a strong relationship with God. I have a strong relationship with God, but I still know that I can go deeper. Heaven represents spiritual consciousness, spiritual understanding, spiritual awareness. There are different levels of it. How it manifests in our life is based on us and our choices. There's this... Um, I was listening to Edwin Gaze, uh, Gaines, and she was talking about how she was teaching about tithing. And she said that she taught, she, when she was teaching this one year in Houston, um, she said, well, even if you don't have money to give, give something. 
Because you have to start, you have to start preparing somehow and open yourself up by giving something. Well, that evening she was looking, you know, she uh, they give the gifts to her whenever anybody offers gifts, and someone had put an old, worn down Timex watch in the offering. And he, she was like, "Oh man, this is a gift. You okay? Well, I, you know," and she blessed it, and she let it go. And the next year, she went to speak at that same church, at a church in Houston. And she said this, this guy came up to her, and he was dressed all handsome, and he had a sharp suit on, and, he had, and it was a nice suit, too, a nice tie to match it, and shoes to match. And he was like, hey, how are you? And she was like, fine. He was like, I want to show you something. Look. And he showed her his watch. It was a sharp Rolex watch with, embedded with diamonds. And she was like, ooh, that's nice. That's not my taste, but that's nice. He said, you don't know who I am, do you? She said, no. Should I know you? Who are you? He said, do you remember getting a, Ro- a Timex watch last year in your, t- in your, in your um, love offering? She said, yes. He said, that was from me. All I had is my possessions was that watch and the shirt and pants I had on that day. But I followed God's will according to what you said. Instead of trying to understand my situation, I followed God's will. He, she, he, he said he, where he was staying, he had started doing the teachings, as she said, but then he went and got a bucket and a squeegee and started cleaning the outside of the windows of the um, buildings down his, sh- down his street, the shopping the strip. And they would come out, what are you doing? He's like, I'm cleaning, I'm trying to, I'm just cleaning and just practicing because I'm trying to see if I can start this business. And they started hiring him. So he's, now a, year, a year later, he's talking to her and he says, I have 17 employees. I make more money than you can dream, than I, than I could dream of. And that is because he followed God's will. Your will, God, not mine. Together, your will, God, not mine. There's another story of this guy who, um, and it's an old story that's been told for years. This guy's sleeping in his house, and all of a sudden, this light comes into his room, and he, gets, he, he, he feels God's presence. And God tells him, I want you to do something for me of service to me, of service to me. And he says, sure, I'll do that. What do you want? I'll do anything. I'm your obedient servant. God said, I want you to push that rock outside of your house. Just push it. Push it as hard as you can with all your strength. Push that rock. And he said, okay. So the next day he did it, and then he pushed, and he pushed, and he pushed, and he pushed. Years go by, and he's pushing, but nothing's happening. The rock's not moving or anything. So he's starting to get frustrated. I've been spending all my time pushing this rock. Nothing's happening. The rock's not even moving. What's the purpose of this? And in the story, it says that Satan crept in, and say, yeah, why are you doing that? It's like you're killing yourself for nothing. Now, Satan represents any time we entertain error thinking. You heard Satan called the devil. Well, to me, the devil is the word lived backwards. And evil is the word live backwards. So in those moments that you have those fears, it's a temptation. They creep in. We have a choice to honor them or not. What he did is what we are to do. He took it to God and prayed, God, I've been doing this. I've been pushing this rock. I feel frustrated. I feel like I'm a failure because I could not get that rock to move. 
What do you want me to do next? And God said, yeah, I did tell you to push that rock, that was, and you were a, a faithful servant to me, but I, I, and I told you to push it with all your might, but I didn't tell you to move it. He said, but you're not a failure. Because out of that pushing, you've strengthened your body. Where you were frail and weak before, you're strong now. Your arms are strong, your back is strong, your legs are tight and strong, and you can go on and do better things now. And since you were my obedient servant, I'll move the rock for you. Anytime we are in a situation that keeps bothering us, bothering us, bothering us, it's a lesson to be learned in it. There's a lesson to be learned in being upset, angry, fearful, any issues in our body, there's always a lesson to be learned. Somewhere in the situation, we are out of alignment with God. And the only way you will know what to do in God's will is to ask God, what do you will? Jesus was in this experience when he was about to be arrested, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you remember that story? So he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and in Matthew, he says that his torment, his soul, feels so strong that it's crushed, tormented to death. Now, he knows what he's going to go through. He knows he's going to be beat. He knows he's going to have to drag that cross. He knows everything because he has premonitions, and he knew. And he's seen it being done before. He lived there, right? So... In that moment that he was afraid, let me get to that part. In Luke 22, it's verse 41 through 44. It says, he walked away. So this is before, let me just set the scene. Let, this, let me set the scene. He and his disciples have had the, had the dinner. They're going over to Gethsemane. He always goes there to pray. What he tells the disciples is he, take, he tells John, James, and Peter to come into the garden with him. So he brings them in with him. And if you look through the Bible, if you look through the Gospels, his miracles, they're always there. John, James, and Peter. Faith is Peter. Love is John. And wisdom is James. Hmm. I wonder what that means. Maybe there's something to that. That every situation we experience we're going to have John, James, and Peter there somehow to help us learn that lesson, if we call on them. So he brings them into the garden with him, and the other disciples he leaves outside of the garden, and he tells them then that his soul is tormented to death. He asks them to sit and pray with him, right? And then it says that he walked away about a stone throws, uh, uh, stone throws and knelt down and prayed. He said, Father, if you are willing... Please take this cup of suffering away from me. He's saying he's suffering. He's experiencing the temptation of fear too. Now, it's a temptation because he hasn't acted on it or done anything yet. In this moment, he's creeping up in those thoughts, and he's starting to feel torment. He's starting to feel really agonized and, and a lot of anxiety. And it says... Yet I, let me take my glasses out there. They're for seeing up close. I'm looking away. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. 
Your will, God, not mine. Together, your will, God, not mine. It says, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Now, that means that Jesus was really human. That is why he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Anything that we have been tempted or experienced in our life, Jesus has, attempted, has been tempted and experienced it too. That's why the angel had to come and comfort him. Said he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that he sweat. His sweat fell to the ground like great uh, drops of what? Blood. Can you imagine being in that torment? Have you ever had a moment where you felt so anxious? You didn't see any way out. In his human mind, his human intellectual understanding, this is where he is. He has no idea how to get out of this, and he doesn't want to do it. And he just said, not my will, but thy will. We're going to go through times where we might go through that. There'll be easy things and there'll be harder things. But in every single situation, the easy ones, the middle ones, the harder ones, we are to say, your will, God, not mine. It says that at last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep and exhausted with grief, exhausted from grief. They had gone through the experience with him. But he took the time to meditate, pray, sit with God, study his feelings, deny the suffering, deny the thoughts that were causing the suffering. You know, when you get the lesson, you don't need the illness or whatever it is that's causing it anymore. You don't need it. He got the lesson, the suffering went away. I encourage us all to sit down with God and ask for God's will to be done in our life. First, starting with your mind is threefold. Starting with your mind. Thy kingdom come in my mind. Thy kingdom come in my body. Thy kingdom come in my world, and as you express it in my life, in my world, I will go out and be that disciple as well. But you got to sit and pray, meditate, and sit with God. And Charles Fillmore says that you don't just sit for a minute and pray and pop. No, you pray and you meditate till you get this spiritual aha. It's a realization that you know. It's like deep down and it comes with peace. If there's anxiety there, it is not your aha. Because God's will does not come with anxiety, worry, concern, doubt, none of it. If there's any inkling of doubt, shadow of a doubt, No, it's not God's. Go back to the drawing board. Sit back down and pray again. The Bible in uh, the other three Gospels, in the um, other Gospels, it says that he prayed three times. Sometimes you got to go back to the drawing board because there's a deep level of of some kind of error thinking that's deeply rooted that you need to pull out. You need to deny the power of that thought and affirm the truth. Do we know what unity principle that one is? That's the fourth unity principle, right? Through prayer and affirmation, through denials and affirmation, and through prayer and meditation, we align our minds to God. And then you go live it. I encourage us now to open our minds up 
to ask God, what is God's will for your life? There's something we are all meant to do. Something, even today, even if you give someone a hug or a smile, don't you know that's a ripple effect that will cause the rest of the day to be perfect for that person? I called someone up, um, one of my teachers up uh, last week, just because I felt led. I was thinking of gratitude, and I was sitting and meditating on gratitude, and I called her. Her name came to mind, so I called her. Follow your coincidences. If you feel led to do anything, follow it, because God's talking to you. That's ways God talks to you. I called her up, and I said, Reverend Sandra, I just wanted to tell you that I'm really grateful for you. I was sitting in meditation and gratitude, and your name came to mind, and I wanted to tell you I was grateful for you. She said, oh, my gosh. You got me in tears. You made my day. Just by telling her she's great, I was grateful for her. Do you know you can speak life into another person's life just through your words, the power of the tongue? I followed God's will and I did it. That's what we're here to do. Come down from heaven. So you got to go into heaven first. Go into the consciousness of heaven. Jesus said, I came down from heaven to do God's will. The one that sent me, not my will. You got to go into the consciousness of spirit every day. Every day. And when you come down, you do the will of God. Not, I want to say it differently. Your will, God, not mine. Together, your will, God, not mine. I want to do a couple affirmations, and then we are going to be done. The first affirmation is, may God's kingdom come in my mind, in my body, and in my life. Together, may God's kingdom come in my mind, in my body, and in my life. Do it again. May God's kingdom come in my mind, in my body, and in my life. The other one is, may God's will be done in my mind, in my body, in my life, but as it is in heaven. Together. May God's will be done in my mind, in my body, and in my life as it is in heaven. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. But the only way to tap into that abundant life is to find out, realize, and be God's will for you. Not my will, God, but yours. Together, not my will, God, but yours. Amen. And so it is. Thank you. I was stranded in the shadows. It was all I ever knew. I was pushed down in the darkness Lost all hope of breaking through
Step into the light of 